T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Short time ago, the two laying 49 white roses at a memorial site, one for each of the victims who died. The sounds of onlookers as the president and vice president walked to that site with flowers in hand in downtown Orlando. The president made some brief remarks a few moments ago, a recording of those remarks about to be played back for everybody to hear. As we wait for that to be played back, I turn to ABC's Aaron Katursky on the ground in Orlando. And Aaron, what do we know about the meetings today? They were clearly emotional and they were private at the arena where the Orlando Magic play basketball. Alex, this is the 10th time the president has had to come to comfort a community stricken by a mass shooting. It is far too many, and I think you'll hear that reflected in some of the president's remarks. In addition to meeting with families, he also met with first responders to thank them for what they did here at Pulse on that early Sunday morning. And he also met with the owner of the nightclub. Two of her employees died today, the first funerals for the victims, Alex. And as we wait right now to give you a little bit of background on what we're waiting for, the president spoke at that memorial site, uh, but to cameras and to microphones on tape. The White House press corps now turning that around, going to hit the play button, and we will hear what he just said that nobody has heard in his actual words yet broadcast when they play that out as now the president is heading back uh, to the airport in Orlando. ABC's Jim Ryan is at Orlando Regional Medical Center, and Jim, as Aaron mentioned, the first funerals being held today. Yeah, the first four funerals, including the one for Kimberly Morris. She was a bouncer at Pulse. Anthony Luis Dizla, another of the funerals to be held today. Luis Casio Capo and Eric Ortiz Rivera. Those are the first four funerals to be held uh, the first four of 50 altogether from this entire shooting spree of, from uh, Sunday morning. There are still people hospitalized, of course. To, uh, of the 53 people wounded in the Pulse nightclub shooting, 44 came here to the Orlando Regional Medical Center. Nearly two dozen people are still admitted. Three of them had surgery today. Uh, over at the, the Florida Hospital Orlando, Alex, five of the shooting victims are still being treated. They're all considered in stable condition, Alex. We understand when we hear the president and what he had to say when it's played out that he's going to say that the grief is unimaginable, that family survivors told him of their pain. He says he told them our hearts are broken, too, as a country. Meeting with the families of shooting victims is something President Obama has had to do many times before. This is his 10th time by one count. Newtown, Aurora, Roseburg, Oregon, San Bernardino, to name a few. Each time the White House tells us he spends time with the families, consoling them about their loss. Navy sees Aaron Katursky. Uh, this went on for several hours today. That's what was expected. He actually met one-on-one -on -one with some of the victims who are still hospitalized, but they were wheeled in on gurneys and in hospital beds so they could meet with the president. Uh, those are the, the lucky ones who have been able to get out. There are still a handful of the wounded in the hospital, six of whom are in critical condition, and doctors have braced us this week for the notion that not all of those six may make it so far, and a real credit to the medical community here. They haven't lost anybody uh, since uh, the initial deaths uh, of those who, who just didn't get to the hospital in time, and there were three surgeries scheduled today. So even 
in the in the four days later, this is still very much a, an active race to save lives that were affected. And again, the president and vice president, uh, President Obama, Vice President Biden today laying 49 white roses at a memorial site that uh, has been set up uh, in downtown Orlando, not far away from the Amway Center where uh, the meetings took place. I turn back to ABC's Jim Ryan. There's a memorial site downtown and there is also a memorial site closer to the actual scene and at the hospitals as well, correct? Yes, I mean, all over this community, you'll find places where people are bringing flowers and mementos, leaving candles and notes. Perhaps the largest is at the Dr. Phillips Center right downtown. It's the Performing Arts Center near City Hall. That's where that huge vigil was held the other night, Alex. Just thousands and thousands of people coming there just less than 36 hours after the shooting had happened. A spontaneous show of support in a community that badly, badly needs it. ABC Jim Ryan in Orlando. You are moments away from hearing President Obama on the ground in Orlando as he spoke uh, just uh, a couple of minutes ago. And uh, but uh, it did not uh, go live that uh, the White House did not uh, make it so it could go live. Instead, they want it to be played back on tape. So we're going to hear that uh, as it is fed out live uh, from uh, being replayed. But we understand he is going to talk a bit about gun control that in his 17 minute uh, the the remarks that he gave in that uh, park area in downtown Orlando. He says, given the last two attacks were homegrown, speaking of this one and San Bernardino, that the country is going to have to do more to prevent them. And if you have a lone wolf attack like this, it's going to take different steps. He calls for gun restrictions, blamed politics, says that that debate needs to change. Uh, so much is still unknown about the gunman. Still so many questions. We know he proclaimed his allegiance in a 911 call to ISIS, but there are indications that something else may have been involved there, an allegiance to others uh, who were uh, with groups that opposed ISIS. ABC's Aaron Katursky, uh, still that, that hard motive, it seems like feds are still trying to track that down. They're trying to track it down still because they, they haven't been able to fully develop the picture of Omar Mateen. He's a confounding figure, and behavioral analysts are now deciding whether he was a tried-and-true committed jihadist or whether that was more an outlet for rage that he felt internally, perhaps conflicted about his own identity. Uh, he uh, pledged allegiance to a group that says homosexuals should be punished by death, and yet it seems now that he was uh, frequenting gay clubs on dating apps to contact men, uh, and that was just one of, of many contradictions in, in what seems to be a complicated life. In your numerous conversations with investigators, how difficult is it for them right now to look past the, the ISIS aspect, where it, that could be an easy answer right there. Politically, it's been very easy to jump out there and say this is what it was, but they're going to, to make that next step and say, okay, is that what it really was? Well, they have to because increasingly they are trying to identify people that, that until this point haven't been easily identified as likely to do this. So they want to, to develop that complete picture. Uh, they want to know about Omar Mateen's father and his affiliations and whether he lent his son any support. They've been talking to his wife, who's been cooperative, we're told, Alex, but who hasn't necessarily been determined to be truthful. And so she may have taken a polygraph, but her veracity is still in doubt. And now federal prosecutors are considering whether to charge her with, with perjury, with obstruction, perhaps a, a few other charges. The way they've classified this crime as a crime of terrorism and also a hate crime gives them a whole new universe of charges to consider. 
The president has just stepped foot back on Air Force One as he gets ready to take off. Vice President Biden will also be leaving Orlando today on a separate aircraft. Uh, you're with us right now because we are waiting uh, comments from President Obama that he made now about 40 minutes ago, wrapping up 17 minutes of comments. And you're going to hear all 17 minutes, but the White House uh, didn't set it up so that could be fed out live. Instead, they wanted it to be fed out for logistical reasons uh, on tape. That tape is about to be played out. And the second the, the play button is hit, you are going to, to hear it right here as we await that uh, to happen. The tape has been carried back to the Orlando airport. It's going to be uh, fed from there. And as we continue to wait, I go back to ABC's Jim Ryan, who has been on the scene since the very beginning, since Sunday, uh, as all of this was breaking. And as a community now, Jim, how have you seen it change in the past week? The the levels of coming to terms with, with what happened there, of remembrances, how have you seen that morph in the past uh, four or five days now? Yeah, the, the, the city of Orlando, I think, is a place that feels like it's been punched in the stomach. First, of course, even two days before the Pulse shooting, we had the shooting of a, of a pop star right after a concert she held, shot to death by a man who then turned the gun on himself. Two days later, of course, the, the Pulse incident. And then just uh, two days after that, we had the incident at uh, Disney World. We had the little boy, the two-year-old, who was standing at about a foot of water at a lagoon behind the Grand Floridian, snatched by an alligator, pulled underwater. Inconceivable terror for the parents who now have uh, expressed their thanks to the first responders who spent 24 hours almost nonstop in a search for the child and have been dealing with this situation. So I, I think that uh, Orlando, if there's any place, that, and as you drive around the community, you see signs flash, flashing that say, uh, Orlando strong. And I think if there's any place that is strong, it's it's going to be this one after it comes through this really horrific week, Alex. And I bring you live now. This is the sound of Air Force One now taxiing to the runway at the Orlando airport. President Obama is aboard Air Force One. They're getting ready to, to take off as they uh, head away from there. Any moment now, we expect to hear those remarks that the president gave at that memorial site uh, in downtown Orlando. The president and vice president together on the ground in that city. They slowly walk to a memorial site laying 49 white roses, one for each of the victims who died. Uh, each of the president and vice president carried a bouquet of flowers, laid them on the ground. They paused for a moment of silence there before heading to a podium to, to speak. There were a lot of folks who were cheering on the president and vice president as they were there having that moment. You could hear people uh, whistling and cheering and uh, yelling all kinds of, of comments in support uh, of the president. And ABC's Aaron Katursky on the ground in Orlando. As all of this is going on, there is so much in the investigation, uh, not only that has to do with the shooter, but also the shooter's wife now being looked at. The shooter's wife is being looked at for at least two possible criminal charges. But federal prosecutors are in no rush, Alex. They want to take their time and build the strongest case they can against Norma Teen if they determine that she had advanced knowledge or if they determine she was on errands with her husband around town prior to the shooting, that she should have reported to law enforcement. Uh, she could also be charged as an accomplice. There's a range of possibilities, but it's clear that the wife has come under suspicion. They're also looking at Omar Mateen's father to see if he lent his son any support. They are, they say, uh, leaving no one close to Mateen uh, uncovered. And we're now about 45 seconds away from the president speaking. Aaron, are there any other 
folks that, that you know and, and that we know they're looking at? We, we've heard of his wife. We've heard of his father. Are there any other connections out there that have turned up yet? None that we've heard, but they say they are interviewing anyone who is close to Omar Mateen. They have not named anyone as suspects or persons of interest as of yet. ABC's Aaron Katursky in Orlando. The president and vice president have wrapped up several hours of meetings with the victims and survivors in Orlando after Sunday's terror attack. Short time ago, they spent some time at a memorial site laying white roses there. president made some brief remarks about an hour ago or so. A recording of those remarks is about to be played back for everybody to hear. The White House didn't allow them to be broadcast live. But here in just a moment, we expect to hear the president. Uh, as he spoke there in the, at the memorial site. You can hear now as the president walked up to the podium. Four days ago. Now let's listen. This community was shaken by an evil and hateful act. Today, we are reminded of what is good, that there is compassion and empathy and decency. And most of all, there is love. That's the Orlando that we've seen in recent days, and that is the America that we have seen. This afternoon, the Vice President and I had the opportunity to meet with many of the families here. As you might imagine, their grief is beyond description. Through their pain and through their tears, they told us about the joy that their loved ones had brought to their lives. They talked about their sons or their daughters. So many young people in their 20s and 30s. So many students who were focused on the future. One young woman was just 18 years old. Another said her father was a happy girl with so many dreams. There were siblings there talking about their brothers and their sisters and how they were role models that they looked up to. There were husbands and wives who had taken a solemn vow. Fathers and mothers who gave their full heart to their children. These families could be our families. In fact, they are our family. They're part of the American family. And today, the Vice President and I told them, on behalf of the American people, that our hearts are broken too, and that we stand with you, and that we are here for you, and that we are remembering those who you loved so deeply. As a nation, We've also been inspired by the courage of those who risked their lives and cared for others. Partners whose last moments were spent shielding each other, the mother who gave her life to save her son, the former Marine whose quick thinking saved dozens of lives. Joe and I had the chance to thank Mayor Dyer, Chief Mina, Sheriff Demings, all of responded in heroic ways, uh, the outstanding police and first responders who 
were able to, through their professionalism and quick response, uh, rescue so many people. We also owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to all the doctors and all the nurses who have worked day and night to treat the injured, save lives, and prevent even more anguish. As one of the doctors here said, after the worst of humanity reared its ugly head, the best of humanity came roaring back. Let me get that quote more precisely. After the worst of humanity reared its evil head, the best of humanity came roaring back. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, if, in fact, we want to show the best of our humanity, then we're all going to have to work together at every level of government, across political lines, to do more to stop killers who want to terrorize us. We will continue to be relentless against terrorist groups like ISIL and Al-Qaeda. We are going to destroy them. We are going to disrupt their networks and their financing and the flow of fighters in and out of war theaters. We're going to disrupt their propaganda that poisons so many minds around the world. We're going to do all that. Our resolve is clear. But given the fact that the last two terrorist attacks on our soil, Orlando and San Bernardino, were homegrown, carried out, it appears, not by external plotters, not by vast networks or sophisticated cells, but by deranged individuals warped by the hateful propaganda that they had seen over the Internet, then we're going to have to do more to prevent these kinds of events from occurring. It's going to take more than just our military. It's going to require more than just our intelligence teams. As good as they are, as dedicated as they are, as focused as they are, if you have lone wolf attacks like this hatched in the minds of a disturbed person, then we're going to have to take different kinds of steps in order to prevent something like this from happening. Now, those who were killed and injured here were gunned down by a single killer with a powerful assault weapon. The motives of this killer may have been different than the mass shooters in Aurora or Newtown. But the instruments of death were so similar. And now another 49 innocent people are dead. Another 53 are injured. Some are still fighting for their lives. Some will have wounds that will last a lifetime. 
We can't anticipate or catch every single deranged person that may wish to do harm to his neighbors or his friends or his co-workers or strangers. But we can do something about the amount of damage that they do. Unfortunately, our politics have conspired to make it as easy as possible for a terrorist or just a disturbed individual like those in Aurora and Newtown to buy extraordinarily powerful weapons, and they can do so legally. So today, once again, as has been true too many times before, I held and hugged grieving family members and parents, and they asked, why does this keep happening? And they pleaded that we do more to stop the carnage. They don't care about the politics. Neither do I. Neither does Joe. And neither should any parent out here who's thinking about their kids being not in the wrong place, but in places where kids are supposed to be. This debate needs to change. It's outgrown the old political stalemates. The notion that the answer to this tragedy would be to make sure that more people in a nightclub are similarly armed to the killer defies common sense. Those who defend the easy accessibility of assault weapons should meet these families and explain why that makes sense. They should meet with the Newtown families, some of whom Joe saw yesterday, whose children would now be finishing fifth grade, on why it is that we think our liberty requires these repeated tragedies. It's not the, that's not the meaning of liberty. I'm pleased to hear that the Senate will hold votes on preventing individuals with possible terrorist ties from buying guns, including assault weapons. I truly hope that senators rise to the moment and do the right thing. I hope that senators who voted no on background checks after Newtown have a change of heart. And then I hope the House does the right thing and helps end the plague of violence that these weapons of war inflict on so many young lives. I've said this before, we will not be able to stop every tragedy. We can't wipe away hatred and evil from every heart in this world. But we can, we can stop some tragedies. We can save some lives. We can reduce the impact of a terrorist attack if we're smart. And if we don't act, we will keep 
seeing more massacres like this because we'll be choosing to allow them to happen. We will have said we don't care enough to do something about it. Here in Orlando, we are reminded not only of our obligations as a country to be resolute against terrorism, we are reminded not only of the need for us to implement smarter policies to prevent mass shootings, we're also reminded of what unites us as Americans and that what unites us is far stronger than the hate and the terror of those who target us. For so many people here who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, the Pulse nightclub has always been a safe haven, a place to sing and dance, and most importantly, to be who you truly are, including for so many people who families are originally from Puerto Rico. And Sunday morning, that sanctuary was violated in the worst way imaginable. So whatever the motivations of the killer, whatever influences led him down the path of violence and terror, whatever propaganda he was consuming from ISIL and Al-Qaeda, this was an act of terrorism, but it was also an act of hate. This was an attack on the LGBT community. Americans were targeted because we're a country that has learned to welcome everyone, no matter who you are or who you love. And hatred towards people because of sexual orientation, regardless of where it comes from, it's a betrayal of what's best in us. Joe and I were talking on the way over here. You can't break up the world into us and them and, and, and denigrate and, and express hatred towards groups because of the color of their skin or their faith or their sexual orientation and not feed something very dangerous in this world. So if there was ever a moment for all of us to reflect and reaffirm our most basic beliefs that everybody counts and everybody has dignity, now's the time. It's a good time for all of us to reflect on how we treat each other and to re insist on respect and equality for every human being. We have to end discrimination and violence against our brothers and sisters who are in the LGBT community, here at home and around the world, especially in countries where they are routinely prosecuted. We have to challenge the oppression of women wherever it occurs, here or overseas. There's only us. Americans.
here in Orlando, and the men and women taken from us, those who love them, we see some of the true character of this country, the best of humanity coming roaring back. The love and the compassion and the fierce resolve that will carry us through, not just through this atrocity, but through whatever difficult times may confront us. It's our pluralism and our respect for each other, including a young man who said to a friend, he was super proud to be Latino. It's our love of country, the patriotism of an Army reservist who was known as an amazing officer. It's our unity, the outpouring of love that so many across our country have shown to our fellow Americans who are LGBT, a display of solidarity that might have been unimaginable even a few years ago. Out of this darkest of moments, that gives us hope. Seeing people reflect, seeing people's best instincts come out. Maybe in some cases, minds and hearts change. It is our strength and our resilience. The same determination of a man who died here, who traveled the world, mindful of the risks as a gay man, but who spoke for all of us when he said, we cannot be afraid. We are not going to be afraid. May we all find that same strength in our own lives. May we all find that same wisdom in how we treat one another. May God bless all who we lost here in Orlando. May he comfort their families. May he heal the wounded. May he bring some solace to those whose hearts have been broken. May he give us resolve to do what's necessary to reduce the hatred of this world curb the violence. May he watch over this country that we call home. Thank you very much, everybody. President Obama at a podium in Orlando after meeting with the victims' families there. Vice President Biden standing next to him behind them, a makeshift memorial, flags, balloons, flowers. The president saying today we're reminded of what is good. There is compassion, empathy, decency. Most importantly, there is love. Also a political message in his words about the fight against ISIS and a call for gun control. president saying we must work across political lines now to stop terror. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Back to Orlando, ABC's Jim Ryan and Jim, the president, going after his opponents there when it came to gun control. Yes, he did. It was his uh, perhaps final opportunity to bring these issues up. He has only a few months left in office. The lame duck president bringing up a topic that he says he's been very frustrated about during his eight years in office, his inability to get what he believes would be effective gun control run through Congress. Alex. ABC's Jim Ryan now to ABC's Aaron Katursky. And uh, Aaron, what the president had to say, they're obviously going to be controversial, but still uh, a lot is unknown about the, the motive and how all of this happened and it was carried out in Orlando. 
the president has done this nine times previously, Alex, comforting a community stricken by a mass shooting, and you could hear the frustration in his voice when he said he had to come to another city to hug grieving family members who still don't have a lot of answers. The FBI is interviewing people. They are looking into the background of Omar Mateen, but that nagging question that hasn't been answered, why? The president saying after the worst of humanity reared its evil head, the best of humanity came roaring back in Orlando. I'm Alex Stone. You've been listening to live coverage from ABC News. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.